This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. I want to talk to you about how to be tough without getting hard. How in the world are you going to be tough? Because if you're going to survive in 2023, you're going to have to be tough. If you're going to fight the devil, you're going to have to be tough. But the hardest balance in your life, in your Christian journey you're ever going to have is being tough without being hard. Because the moment that you get hard on God, you've lost. God desires you to be tough and still be tender. I want you to look in Psalm 119, verse number 71. The sweet psalmist said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Now I want you to notice the tenses of that verse. David says it is right now, present tense, in this moment, it is good. Now what does that mean? Well, you got to keep reading. He says, it is right now, present tense, in this moment, good, that I have been, that's past tense. You see, when David was in that affliction, in the present tense, he said, I can't see how this is good. Rarely in your Christian journey will you see in the moment how the problem is a good thing. Rarely in the situation will you see how the pain is a good thing. But once you come through the valley, you will always look back and say, God, it was hard, it was bad, it was tough, it was mean, it was ugly. But it sure was a good thing that I have been afflicted. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the book of Psalms. It's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Charles Spurgeon said that if you took the bulk of the 119th psalm and you made it into psalms that were equal to the song of degrees, they would equal in bulk 22 psalms. David couplets this psalm. It's an alphabetical psalm following the Hebrew alphabet. And he puts this psalm, this song, this Hebrew hymn, he puts it in stanzas of eight different verses. Eight in your Bible is the number of new beginnings. And every time David gets to the end of his thought, he begins a fresh and a new, a brand new thought. Now here is what I found interesting in this 71st verse. It is not the word good. It is not the word me. It is the word afflicted. That word afflicted is an interesting word because whenever you read the 119th Psalm, whenever you sing that psalm, you realize that word afflicted appears more times in that psalm than the word faithfulness. We all will shout about the faithfulness of God, but more than faithfulness, affliction appears. We'll all shout about the goodness and the good things of God, and we ought to, but more than goodness and good in Psalm 119, affliction appears. 
We'll all shout about the praise of his name, but more than the praise of his name, in Psalm 119, the word affliction appears. In fact, that word appears seven different times. Now, I am not the most intelligent man, but I did learn to read a commentary in my Bible school days, and I looked up that word affliction in my Bible commentary. And whenever you look up that word affliction, it comes from a Hebrew word which means to be humbled and to be brought low. But every Hebrew word has a word picture that's attached to it. Now, whenever I think about something making you low and making you humble, I think about something that's a crushing weight, but that's not the word picture. The word picture for affliction, you know what it is? It means to exercise something. Now, can I just stop and take my first time out of the evening? You fellas and ladies that go to the gym and exercise, don't brag about it. It doesn't mean anything special about you. It means you don't have a life. <laughs> can I tell you, happy people are fat people. Say amen right there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because we're all headed to the same place, whether you got muscles or whether you got fat, and fat is fun. Say amen right there. Yeah. But you know, whenever somebody goes to exercise, you realize their goal is not to harden, it's to get tough. There's a big difference between being hardened and being tough. Not everything hard is tough. And nothing tough is hard. Brothers and sisters, it's amazing to me. David said, it's been good for me that I have been exercised because through that exercising of that pain and the exercising of that problem, I've learned how to be tough. Brothers and sisters, that's an interesting word, affliction. Let me give you three things about that word affliction. Number one, the word affliction is given by God. Whenever you are afflicted, we've got a funny way in our human mind of thinking that all good things come from God and all bad things come from the devil. All good things come from heaven and all bad things come from hell. Can I ask you a question? The worst thing in all of the Bible was not the flood. The worst thing in all of the Bible was not Goliath. The worst thing in all of the Bible, what was it? Honey, it was a cross on top of Calvary's hill. The worst thing that man has ever seen was a bloody, a bloody cross on top of Golgotha's hill. And I remind you right now, if the devil had had his way, there'd have never been a cross on top of that hill. That cross was the gift of God. So hear me now. Not everything bad in your life has come from the devil. In fact... That thing that exercises your faith is probably the gift of God. Now, you and I can't fathom, we can't comprehend how a bad sickness is a gift from a good God. Now, I ain't going to lie to you tonight. I don't understand it either. I can't understand how somebody that you love and thought would be with you to the end walks in and says, Bye! I don't understand through that exercising. But David said, it's been good. Brothers and sisters, I remind you, James 1 tells us this, every good gift 
comes from. Could it be that thing that's exercise? I'm a hole in somebody's potato patch right now because I'm down there with you. How can that thing that is meant to exercise be a gift from God? I had an old preacher tell me this one time. Said he went into a hospital room and the lady in the hospital room said, Preacher, why would God do this to me? And the preacher looked at her and said, The question you ought to ask is, Why would God do this for me? Because David said, It's been good for me to be exercised. It's a gift of God. Number two, it shows us the goal of God. What is the goal of the devil? I'll tell you what the goal of the devil is in your life, child of God. It ain't, it ain't hard to figure out. The goal of the devil is to make you so hard that you don't listen to God, make you so hard that you're not sensitive to God, make you so hard that everything that comes in contact with you gets bullied away, be so hard that the love of God never penetrates your heart, be so hard that the things of God never penetrate your life, get so hard that the Spirit of God's voice doesn't, hear, doesn't help you anymore to be so hard that they'll sing and they'll preach and it just bounces off of you. That's the goal of the devils to make you hard. What's the goal of God? It's to make you tough. Not everything tough is going to get hard. Can I tell you right now, one of the toughest materials you and I know about comes from nature is cowhide, leather. And you know, if you've got good leather, it's judged by its tenderness. Because just because it's tough doesn't mean it can't be tender. You see, God's goal in your life through the exercising that you're going through is to make you tough. How can divorce make you tough without making you hard? How can a divorce cause you not to be jaded against all men? How can a child walking away from you? How can a church ripping you in half? How can a deacon board tearing your mind up, preachers? How can people that stab you, mamas, how can children, how can God use that to make you tough and not hard? Isn't it amazing to anybody else that old people are either one of two things? Either sweet as sugar or mean as a devil. And all the middle-aged parents taking care of their parents right now know exactly what I'm talking about. They're either sweet as sugar or they're mean as a devil. Do you know why? Because one of them chose to get tough but tender. The other chose to get hard. How do you stay tender but tough without getting hard? Number three, you've got the gifting of God. It's been given by him. Number two, the goal of God is to make you tough. The goal of the devil is to make you hard. Number three, there's the grace of God. You know, even the toughest, most tender stuff, if it dries out, will get hard and brittle. Son, when I first went to Bible college, I'll tell you right now, Brother Mike, I was as poor as Job's turkey. Pathetically poor. My car broke down, and I didn't have a choice. I had to go get another car. And I knew that I wanted to be a high-class redneck, so I knew high-class rednecks, they got cars with leather. 
Well, I couldn't afford that high-class Italian leather, in the words of Barney Five, Italian leather. I, I couldn't afford that. So I had to go get the cheapest car with the cheapest leather. And you know what I found about leather? It'll start tender. But give it enough time in the sun, son, it'll dry, and it'll poke you in your blessed assurance is what it'll do. And you won't be singing Jesus is mine. Say amen right there. You know, there's one way to take leather and keep it tender, but yet keep it tough. You've got to add oil. Can I remind you right now, the word grace in your New Testament is a Greek word, charisma, and it comes from a root word from which we get oil. Do you know what oil is a picture of in the Bible? It's a picture of the Spirit of God, and the Holy Ghost sent this preacher down this way to tell you that hard thing that you're going through, that the fluttering wings of the dove of God has come your way to let you know that he has not forsaken you, and he has not a abandoned you and he has not thrown you by the wayside and it may be tough right now and it may be rough right now and it may be hard right now but you give God enough space and you let him give you enough grace I'll tell you what he'll do he'll start throwing that oil he'll start throwing that healing balm he'll start throwing that salve honey he'll start rubbing it in your soul and where you were brittle and where you were hard honey you'll start toughening but yet you'll start getting tender again honey there's people in this house right now it may be your marriage and it's got hard on God. Let the Holy Ghost start throwing that oil of the Spirit of God, of the presence of God. It may be your family and it's got hard on God. You let the grace of God flow into that family and let that oil start flowing on your life. It may be your walk with God that's gotten hard and jaded. Honey, God has come by to throw the oil of the Spirit of God on your life again and where hardness abound through the power of God it can become still be tough. You ever tried to tear leather? You ain't gonna do it as long as it's been old right. Can I give you three things tonight? Load them up, blow them out. You do with them what you want to do. Three things on how to get tough without getting hard. Number one, the first way that you get tough without getting hard is you resist, not ruin. Resist, not ruin. You know there's a difference between something tough and something hard. How many of you are, let me, tell, let me ask you, how many of you in this room think the greatest stake in the world comes from Longhorn? <laughs> if your hand is up right now, you are a high-class redneck is what you are. Let me tell you something. You have not lived until you have been invited up by Lake Norman to this place called the Lion Burgers. Son, I got invited up to Lion... Is it Wine Burgers or Lion Burgers? Is it Lion Burgers? Well, if it was Wine Burgers, Brother Mike would like it better. Say amen right there. It was Lion Burgers. I got invited up to Lion Burgers... And the only thing better than a steak is a steak somebody else is buying. <laughs> and the preacher called me. He said, come on, I'm going to buy you dinner before you go preach. I said, man, this is great. I walked into Lion Burgers. 
and I ordered. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to order something crazy. Somebody else pay. So I just got the middle of the road. He said, get to ribeye. I said, no, brother, I'll just get to sirloin. <laughs> I have taken a new motto in my life. Don't invite me if you can't afford me. Say amen right there. <laughs> it ain't never good, though, when the guy that invited you that's going to pay for you orders water. <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo. I've been down this road before. Erica, dear, I walked in there, and I'm sitting there, and they bring that sirloin out to me. I start cutting that sirloin, and I stuck my fork in that thing, and I started chewing on that thing. And the more I chewed, the more it resisted my teeth. Do you know what the problem with that steak was? It was tough. Do you know what that steak did? It took the hard thing that was trying to crush it and it let it push it down and it came right back up. And I would chew it again and it came right back up you know no long no matter how long i chewed that tough piece of meat it just kept coming right back to the way it was before i started chewing on it because it learned to resist now time out you have not been to the gates of hell until you have eaten at mayflower in greensboro Don't talk to me about Caesarea Philippi. It's on Randleman Road in Greensboro. <laughs> my grandmother, if I'm lying, I'm dying with the story I'm about to tell you. My grandmother, who is right now about 83, 84 years old, we went to Mayflower years ago, and she ordered scallops, fried scallops. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. Now, preacher... You know most preachers make up stories. I'm telling the truth. This is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Every preacher that's been here this week, I promise you they've made up at least one story in their sermon. I guarantee it. This is the truth. My grandmother bit into that fried scallop, and I saw her bite down, and I saw her mouth jerk right back open. Inside of that fried scallop was a fish hook. Now, time out. I ain't no fisherman, but I'm pretty sure you don't catch scallops with hooks. Do you know what happened to my grandmother? It shattered her tooth. Do you know why? Because that thing was so hard that tooth was hard and it had no ability to give and because the hardness of the thing hit the hardness of that surface instead of it giving it ruined and it shattered 
child of God, that's exactly what the devil is trying to do to you with the hard things in your life. You see, what God wants you to do through the problems in your life, when it hits you, he wants you to push you down, and then he wants you to go right back the way you were, like that tough sirloin I ate up here at Lineburgers. But yet the devil is trying to get you to be hard. And when that situation comes, he wants you to break that thing back in half. Those people that say things to you, how many times does the devil say, why don't you just give them a piece of your mind and let them know what you really think about them? Why don't you tell old so-and-so what they really really mean to you? Why don't you tell old such and such what ought to really happen? But the Holy Ghost, that, that oil down deep on the inside, he says, no, don't say anything to them. He said, when they smite you, just turn the other cheek. You know what that means? When they push you down, resist it. Just let it come right back up. You ever had that feeling on the inside when something hard hits you? Your first fleshly instinct is to get hard back on it. You know why the devil tells you to do that? Because he knows if you'll apply enough pressure with that hard thing hitting your hard heart, you'll shatter in a thousand pieces. But when the devil lays you out, you know what you ought to do? Stand right back up and say, well, devil, I came back the same way I went down. I came down with my hands up, and I'm going back up with my hands up. I came down with my heart full, and I'm coming back up with my heart full. I went down with faith in my soul. I'm going back up with faith in my soul. I went down believing that God is faithful, and I'm going back up believing that God is faithful. I came down not knowing what to do, and I'm coming up knowing not what to do. Resist. Don't ruin. Number two, absorb, don't repel. Absorb, don't repel. You know the main difference between something tough and something hard? It's in the surface and what's beneath the surface. You see, a tough thing can be hardened on the outside, but down deep on the inside, it's soft. Something hard, it's hard all the way through. You ever take a drop of oil on a piece of tanned leather? You drop that oil down. Now, it's going to sit on the surface. But give it enough time, and that leather will absorb it eventually. You take that same oil and put it on a piece of glass, no matter how long it sits there, it'll still be there this time next year. You know why? Because that hard thing repels. That tender, tough thing absorbs. What is the water in your Bible? The water is a picture of the Word of the living God. It is that laver whereby we cleanse our soul. It is that river whereby we find our refreshment. And here's what the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to do. A preacher will stand up and that Word will hit your heart. Have you ever heard a preacher say something? And you're like, yes, that, he's talking to me. He's saying something to me. That teacher will stand up and you'll say, yeah, they're talking to me. But before you know it, something comes in the ear and it says, no, they're not talking to you. That doesn't apply to you. They're not trying to help you. They're not meaning that for you. You know what the devil's trying to get you to do. He's trying to get you to repel that word instead of absorbing that word. Can I ask you a question? I'm just going to help you because the devil will confuse the fire out of you. 
Can I answer the questions for you right now? All right, here's the question. If a preacher says something and it causes you to trust God more, love God more, want to do more for God, do you think that's from the devil? In any way, shape, form, or fashion. Do you honestly think the devil would ever tell you to do anything that would cause you to trust God more, love God more, or want to do more for God? But yet he'll start talking. No, that's not for you. He's trying to get you to repel that word. Now watch. I, I was in the Boy Scouts one time. I didn't stay long, but I was in there one time. <clears throat> Come to find out I'm not the best camper. And I don't enjoy the outdoors. And I hate mosquitoes. And sleeping beside another man just ain't my thing. Can I get a witness? But they used to have these things called merit badges. They still have those? Well, I didn't know. They were letting boys be Girl Scouts and girls be Boy Scouts. I didn't know if they'd done away with the merit badges. Y'all act like that chap, y'all. Well, I'll say it again. I was wanting this one merit badge called leather working. And leather working, they would give you a piece of leather. And your job to get that merit badge, you had to make a, you had to make a holster for your knife, your Bowie knife. And the way they would get that thing to hold its form it had to be hard to start with. And the way you got it to mold into form is by applying oil. But you could not apply too much oil in the beginning because you would so saturate that oil and it would be useless. So you know what we would do? We would apply drops at a time, let it sit, and we would come back the next day and if that leather had absorbed those droplets, it was ready for the next set of droplets of oil. But if you came back and that same piece of leather had still repelled that oil, you know what you knew? It wasn't quite ready yet to be molded anymore. Some of you right now are so frustrated with God because He's not taking you to the next step. He's not going to take you to the next step until you do something with what He told you back there. Until you obey what He told you back there. You're not going any further. You know why? You're repelling that word. You've got to absorb that word. You've got to do what He's told you to do. And until you do what He's told you to do, you ain't going any further because He knows you're not ready. You know why? Because if it's not receiving the oil, it's hard. And until it softens enough to hold that oil, it isn't ready. So in order to stay tough without getting hard, you've got to absorb and not repel. Can I give you number three? The last thing I'm going to give you. How do you stay tough without getting hard? You have to bend instead of break. You've got to bend and not break. You can take a piece of leather and if that leather is soft enough, you can take that leather and wind it up and tie it in knots. You can take that leather and, and pull it this way and stretch it that way. But you know what that leather won't do? It ain't gonna break. It just keeps bending. 
because it knows as long as I bend, there ain't nothing those hands can do. But that same piece of leather, when pressure is applied, if it breaks instead of bending, it's now ripped and no longer useful for what the original purpose was. Can I ask you a question? Why would God apply the pressure to your life? Because you cannot truly worship God until you learn to bend and worship under pressure. We're Americans. And the problem with Americans is that we are, before we are Christians, we are American Christians is what we've got in our heads. And we've got this bad theology that if it's not good in our lives, God's not good. And if it's not great in our families, God's not great. Can I remind us all of something? Whether it's good or I'm good, God is still good. Whether I'm okay or it's okay, God is still okay. Whether they're worthy or I'm worthy, God is still worthy. Whether they like me or I like me, God is still likable. Whether they love me or he loves me, God still loves me. It does not matter down here. And what God will do is he'll apply bad things in your life because he wants you to learn how to bend instead of break. Because you cannot truly worship God until you worship him when you're bending. We think we worship God by standing and lifting our hands. We worship God when our face is to the ground. Can I ask you a question? Why is God doing to you what he's doing? Probably the wrong thing. The question is, why is God doing for you what he's doing? He's applying pressure to teach you it's going to be okay whether you're okay. And he still loves you, no matter if they still love you. There are people in this room right now that are on the cusp, walking the balance beam between being tough and being hard. And what you do with the word tonight may make the difference between being tough and being hard all the days of your life.